Welcome to the Taking a Breath Podcast with Parker Mays. Welcome back, everybody, to Taking a Breath Podcast for Young Leaders. Today, I've got a fantastic interview for you guys. Uh, Carl Rodland is uh, joining me here. He is an executive advisor and former managing director of NHHS Consulting that specializes in market research for startups and small and medium-sized enterprises. Uh, He's finishing his CEMS degree, uh, which is one of the world's most prestigious double degrees in business and international management. Carl's also a former Navy drill corporal where he has instructed and taught hundreds uh, of recruits in intensive uh, basic training boot camp. He's also the host of the Unleashing Human Potential podcast. And together with Tim Heinem, he founded Rise Theory, which is a Europe-based 5 a.m. call for high performers. So Carl, thanks so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you on. Would love for you to share a little bit more about yourself and then just how you got to where you are today. Matt, first of all, thank you for uh, for a great introduction. It's 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 awesome to be here. Yeah, you know, so I'm from I'm from this little country called Norway, and it's funny because like sometimes I I speak to Americans and they're like, you know, Norway is that in like Europe or Africa or like I know I know we're a small country, we're like five million inhabitants, um, but yeah, man, uh, just 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 growing up, I you could say I I've been always living in the shadows of my father when I was young, because my father was in the special forces. He was the CEO of several different companies. And I always felt that I had to live up to him. I felt that, you know, the only thing I knew when I grew up was to achieve and to accomplish my goals. So I did that. And I was able to get into the Naval Academy, just like you said, where it was 23 uh, that got in out of 700 applicants. And then I got into the best business school in Norway, right? But the problem was that, and and like all these things, they sound so grand and nice. But the thing was, even though I accomplished my goals, I still, I still felt empty inside. So when I started on my bachelor's, right? I just, I just remember just wanting to be liked, wanting to be a part of the crew, wanting to fit in. You know, I was applying for all the clubs, all the social clubs, all the teams, all the sport teams. And I was just craving that acknowledgement, that just feeling accepted, just feeling good enough, right? So in that period, I was like living kind of like in a limbo and I kind of lost myself because even though I accomplished, like the more I accomplished, the more empty I felt inside, I felt that I sort of lost touch with myself. And that's really how I started to get into personal development, which I know that you and me are both huge on. So, so after that, I really started to, to go on that journey and that search of, figuring myself out, you know, asking the important questions. Am I living my life for myself or am I living my life for other people's expectations or my family's expectations of who I should be? So it's really, you know, the last couple of years, the last year, I'd say, where I took extreme ownership, right? Extreme ownership of of who I, I am today. And I've certainly learned a lot during the way, but that's kind of how 
how I want to, 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 to kick this off and sort of give you an introduction that's not, you know, all just flowery and roses and nice. So yeah, that's, uh, that's a bit about me so far. That's so powerful. And it is, it's pretty rare that people jump in with the, the kind of the backstory, because like most people, they want to say, Oh, here's where I am. And as you mentioned, you know, you're at this great place right now, but it wasn't always like that. I'm curious if you don't mind sharing, what was that turning point or what was that point where you said, Hey, I am feeling empty, but now I actually want to make that shift toward that extreme ownership that you are, are really taking now. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think that would have been back in 2018. You know, I was, I was in the Netherlands. I was enjoying myself at, at exchange. I had a long man bun and, you know, from the outside, everything looked good. I was kind of like the party guy and we were like partying all the time during that exchange. And, and, and we're doing a lot of fun stuff, a lot of cool stuff. And it was, it, it was all fun and games, but I just felt that the more I tried to, the more I tried to solve my issues with external, external things like, Oh, just go to the parties, just be social, just, just get fancy new clothes. You know, that period of my life was a turning point because I just got so sick and tired of, of pretending you know, cause I kind of was, I was, I was kind of like this cool party guy, but on the inside, I was insecure on the inside. I, I was afraid of just approaching a girl, you know, and that I just, at that point, I remember I was just sitting on the balcony with, with one of my good friends from Ireland. And we started to talk a bit about, you know, like, the bigger picture on life and I remember him taking out his phone and he shows me this video of a guy talking about perspective and and death and you know going on that inner journey to discover more stop putting putting everything on the externalities stop chasing for the answers on the outside go seek the truth within you and I remember at that moment I just felt like I watched that and even though the message was really plain and simple it was just something about that moment that made me realize that what I'm doing right now I'm not doing it for me you know and I'm sick and tired of that so after that period, that kind of opened, opened myself up to personal development and books and searching for answers. I remember coming back from that exchange. I like cut my hair, no more man bun. And I remember I was just, I was just firmly committed for a change. And half a year later, I sit in the study hall at my school and it's like lunch break and all the other people like putting up their lunches and, and, and I go in to watch some YouTube. Right. And at that moment, right. I go into YouTube and this same guy pops up that I've been watching that I was shown back in on my exchange. And he was like, I'm coming to Oslo. Haven't been in Norway for five years. 
you have to be there. And I remember I just like, this is it. So I jumped on, um, I jumped on the opportunity. I booked a flight back to Oslo because I live in Bergen. And I remember just going to the seminar and feeling like a weirdo. And I was completely alone. I was a stranger. I didn't know anybody. It felt really weird. Cause like, why do you need help with yourself? Like, that's a weird thing trying to improve yourself. Right. But crazy thing was at that seminar, I met, I met two of my closest friends right now. And one I actually live with right now. And that was sort of the, that was sort of the linchpin to the stuff I'm doing now. This, my latest accomplishments wouldn't have happened if I, I didn't begin that journey, you know? That's insane. And I think there's a lot of uh, relatability in that idea of, hey, I was feeling at a low point and this thing happened and it changed my trajectory, right? It wasn't just like, oh, it changed your situation in a moment. It changed actually the trajectory of where you headed, that that one moment or the different things. So I love that you shared that and really like brought it in such detail. What I'd love to do is um, go a little bit further back to your time in the Navy, because I know that was, I know you were there for a few years and, and had a lot of um, experiences with discipline and leadership within that environment, a lot of learning about that. So um, I was curious, um, in, during that time as a Navy corporal, what did you learn about leadership and discipline that stuck with you now that you're in business and consulting and life in general? My experience from from the Navy is one of the experiences that I'm most grateful for. And what's interesting about that, it's also the times that suck the most, right? I remember being on our exam exercise because it was really, really intense. Um, I remember I was so out of everything that I, I, I fell asleep standing. Um, there was people seeing, you know, dragons and there was little little to no food um no sleep and constantly solving solving demanding problems in demanding conditions and what that really taught me was that i i can accomplish so incredibly much more than i think Yes. And this is something that David Goggins talks about in his book, you know, can't hurt me. The thing is, one thing is to listen to that and understand it logically. One thing is, another thing is to live it and experience it. And actually, you're in the basement, you're in the mud, you haven't slept for three days, you haven't eaten anything for three days, you've been walking through the woods and, and, and you have like frost wounds on your, on your shoes and people are falling around you and have to make sure that your teammates are safe and and when you're the leader you have to take charge in those demanding circumstances right and so number one the biggest the biggest thing i have one of the most important things for me personally from 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 the navy is that you have so much more within you and 70% is mindset. 30% is just being physically able to get like you, you, you don't break a leg. You're not fragile. So you can get through some shit, but 
how much is in your mind, it's, it's insane. You know, the things I've seen people be able to do when they just go deep down into their basement and they just drag themselves out of it and just, they just keep continuing. That's, that's, that's one thing I'd like to, I'd like to share. And then when it comes to leadership, what, what the Navy really did for me is to understand human beings, understand how we work, understand how to motivate, you know, as a, as a leader, you are the person who are responsible for painting the vision to creating the direction where you want people to go. Right. And you have to stand in the storm and you have to lead from the front when, when stuff seems extremely demanding, extremely challenging. You are the person who are responsible for driving your team forward. So with being a leader, it comes great responsibility, right? Because your job is to really facilitate for that your, your team have your team have what they need, right? Your job is to sit down with your team, listen to your team. What are they feeling? What are their fears? What are their emotions? How can you help them to thrive? How can you facilitate that trust? How can you say, hey, I see you. I understand you. We will get through this together. That's what I've sort of really seen good leadership being and 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 something that i've implemented in my career after the navy is you know as a leader it's not about you it's not about you being the prize winner it's not about you looking good it's about you listening to your team it's about you serving them serving their needs it's not about it being above that. That's a bad leader. A good leader paints the why. And you create such a strong why that people will just be so energized by that vision that you paint that they will do anything for you to get there. Yeah. And you let them do the how. That's probably one of the most important things too. You set the why, but you do not involve anything in the how because they need responsibility. They need to feel personal connection and ownership of, of their task. So I know I, know I went on a, on a little rant here. I mean, this is a topic I'm extremely passionate about. No, it's so powerful. And I, I, I'm fascinated by that idea of the why, how kind of um, the, the Simon Sinek golden circle, if you're familiar, you know, um, starting with why, the how, and then the what, and that idea of, you know, leaders being the inspiring center, the why, and then the, um, the team, the people that are around you doing the how and the what and empowering them. That's fascinating to me. So I, I love that you shared that. As you're talking about all these experiences that you've gone through, did you ever feel that um, 
urge to give up? Did you ever feel that like in the moment of everything beating down or was your like, like what you mentioned with David Goggins and mental toughness, had you already built that prior to being in the Navy and training? I think that's a conditioning. It's sort of like an instinct you build when you go through that type of training is that either you continue or you die. The enemy doesn't care. The enemy doesn't care. And to get into a state of pure survival, of pure animalistic instinct, when you're able to dig into that state, then you can accomplish some things that you wouldn't thought you would be able to because you unlock something that is within every human being, right? So to answer your question, I feel for me, that's something I learned when I went through training, when I went through hard times, you know, it's about prepping. You learn to prep for bad situations. You learn to prep for when stuff is hectic, you know, you're, you're, you're sleeping and you're just minding your own business. You're just like, oh, this is all fun and good. And then suddenly there's an alarm and you have no idea. So just that notion of being prepared for anything, anything can happen. And, and, and going, going down to basics, because it's not about you being able to rise to the occasion and, 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 and be the best version of yourself when that happens, it's about you fall to the level of your training. And you probably heard this before. So what we really did was just prepping uncertainty, prepping challenging circumstances, prepping things we didn't know what were going to happen. So we, 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 we became more comfortable with ambiguity, you know, and that's really what you, what you train for. And I think, having that experience is something that have really helped me through the ups and downs after, after the Navy. Yeah. Let's fast forward to, you know, now we're, you're in business, you're in school, you're doing some side projects. What, um, what does that balance look like for you? How do you balance all of the different things that you're going on and, and how do you know where you're giving the most attention to? So first of all, I can say that I always strive to be 1% better every day. I, I, I try to be as objective as I can and look at myself from kind of a third, third view perspective. Like I am playing myself, like I am the character in the video game and I'm playing the character. And if the character is, you know, just like sleeping in and, you know, just not really being productive, then you can see, the character's health scores go down. You can see that it's getting like chubbier and, and, and more lacy and, and less attractive and like all these things. And I kind of like to use that perspective because, you know, if I get up, I get up 5.30 every day. And if I don't do that, you know, that's an objective measure. It's like, oh, I was supposed to do that. I didn't do that. Okay, why didn't I do that? Oh, well, I went to bed a bit late why did that happen and just objectively look at what i'm doing where i can improve and try to really 
optimize. Um, that's 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 kind of a thing that I'm focusing on right now. But in relation to activities and rituals and habits, I'm very sort of extreme on my habits and rituals. You know, I I get up every day in the morning. You know, I I work out. I do like runs. I do mountain runs. So we have a mountain up here. So I like to yeah. run up the mountains in like the snow and like put on some rocky and just like awesome. Just really enjoying the pain, you know. Um, cold showers and, and 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 journaling. I like to do that. You know, writing down what I'm grateful for um, every day. I think is also extremely important to focus on the the abundance we have in our lives instead of what's not there, right? Um, and then most of my time right now goes to to my degree. As you mentioned in the beginning, I'm doing um, two degrees. So that's really hectic. And, and there's a lot of deadlines and stuff coming up now. And then there is and then there's a consulting company on, on the side and then some other projects and gigs. So you could say that my plate is Stacked. pretty full, but I'm... <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like enjoying. It. I, this is what I tell my friends, you know, at least I'm not bored. At least I'm not bored. <laughs> and at least you're doing things that you want to be doing. I mean, you're very intentional with your time. You're choosing where you're spending your time. And a lot of people can't say that as, as clearly as you can, where you're saying, hey, everything that I'm involved in, I'm so excited about it. And it's really achieving that goal of like the 1% better every single day. So I love that. The other thing that I was going to mention is I love that idea of you're watching yourself from this third party perspective. I've never heard it like that before, but that's fascinating of, you know, if I'm just objectively looking at my life, you know, oh, this week, you know, didn't exercise at all, like wasted a lot of time, like didn't, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, if I'm just looking at my life from that third party perspective, I'm going to be able to call that out versus in the moment. I'm just like, Oh, I didn't feel like it, or I didn't want to do this. And it, it takes that excuse away because the emotions are out of it. You're just looking objectively at what you're doing. So fascinating idea. A hundred percent. And I think a big one there is also don't take everything so personal, you know, mm -hmm. don't, don't take life too personal and don't take life too serious because you're not going to get out of it alive. You know, so so having that little mischief and 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 sort of, you know, I I know I'm here for a limited time. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to spend the time on things that are important for me, on projects that I'm really passionate about and drive me forward. And. Yeah, I I definitely have a totally different life now, just how engaged I am with everything I'm doing. You yeah. know, just, just feel a lot more energized. And I think that comes from just figuring out who you are mm. and what you want, and then just completely block out the rest of the world. And you just, you, you do you, baby. Yeah. That's what I tell myself. You do you, baby. You mentioned like some of the projects you've been working on. We talked about it a little bit. I know one of the big ones was that you um, co-founded a, a leadership conference um, last year. 
And I was curious to hear a little bit more about this. What was it like for you kind of organizing and coordinating um, such a high profile event? And I remember you mentioned, uh, uh, for context, we had a call back in December and you mentioned that the chief of defense of Norway, you know, the highest ranking military leader in Norway was at this event. Uh, so what was that like? What was that experience like uh, organizing it and then, you know, orchestrating everything together? It comes down to understanding more about human beings and human psychology and and connections you know like our common friend Jasmina Ellens yep. the host of the young entrepreneur's journey shout out to her she is an expert at this right first of all it's just opening yourself up to the possibility of that you can reach out to anybody as long as you know how as long as you know how human beings work, how you write something concise and you have the connections that's able to just get that foot into the door, yes, then you can literally reach whoever. And that's, that's sort of what we did. You know, in the beginning, we didn't aim that high for that profile people. And I remember, you know, sitting together with the team that were arranging this and and we said, oh, we're going to, you know, invite this person, this person. It was like, you know, mid-level sure. people. And I remember I said, you know, like, let's just go for gold. You know, there's the two most, the two most profiled people in Norway is the prime minister and the chief of defense. Right. Okay. So, so we, we, we went for the chief of defense and we just like started to see opportunities. Okay, who knows who? How can we get to somebody that can deliver our message to him? How are we going to tailor the message? Right. And we just did a lot of good preparation. And I think that when he saw that, he was delighted to come because we had did the preparation it took to actually get, get his attention, Insane. if that makes sense insane any tips on um that initial outreach anything that you learned in those messages that could help any young person trying to get a, either a conversation or just anything with someone who's high profile yeah sure so this is uh this is creds to to Jasmina Ellis okay. first of all so so reach out to her if you if you want to learn more about this stuff but a really good thing you can do is just okay number one realize that high-profile people, high-level individuals, they're really busy. So if you send an email just starting with there so-and-so, I know you're really busy. Yep. And then insert, you know, I wondered if you could point me in the right direction. Bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. Make it really easy, as easy and simple as possible. Concrete, dribble some dribble some enthusiasm for the person's work how that person has changed your life so and so and and then you're and then you're really good to go but if you start the worst thing you can do is start out with the me me approach like yes i'm doing this i'm having this podcast and i want to have you on because i you know like that approach it doesn't work because people care about what they want right so how can you give the person what he wants or she? 
Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and realizing, okay, hey, I need to actually go deep into figuring out what, are th- what excites them, what gets them, what brings them value, and how can I connect that to, you know, long-term what I want, but really focused on, hey, what are they interested in? The last question I had for you is around, so you have your podcast, Unleashing Human Potential. I wanted to talk a little bit about that idea because it seems like a lot of what you've done over the years is about this idea of helping people to achieve to their full potential, whether it's, you know, your degree or your time in the Navy or, you know, your business now, so or, or, or you know, your consulting work now. Um, so I'm curious, why is that idea, Unleashing Human Potential, so important to you and what does it mean to you? Yeah, I, it goes, it goes back to that moment, right? When I'm in the woods and I think, you know, I can't do this anymore. I like, I want to stop. I want to sleep. You know, I just want to, I'd rather die. But then there's that little voice that just said, like, that just says, you know, if you walk 15 more minutes now, you'll be able to sit down on a rock and you're able to change socks. That's the most blissful thing that anybody could give you. Right. And you just need to move 15 minutes more forward because the way you do marches is that we split up 50 minute walking, 10 minute break. Right. 15, 15 minute walk, 10 minute break. And you can go on like that for days and days and days. And so, first of all, in regards to unleashing human potential, it's about, you know, I've seen what some people are capable of. I've seen what myself is capable of. And then. I just got so interested in why we are holding ourselves back. Why it is not, it's not that, oh, you're going to get this thing and then you become great. The greatness is already within us, right? And it's, it's the notion of this great movie, Coach Carter, if you haven't seen it right, where he says, you know, it's not the darkness that's fright that frightens us the most. It is the light, right? It's our capabilities that frightens us. Like, what if you could actually accomplish your dreams? That's a really scary thought. And that whole idea of flipping the script of no, it's not that you know you you achieve those and those skills or those obsessions so then you you become great like like greatness is is in within us we have this potential within us but people are holding holding themselves self back from that potential the way that we're conditioned by society the way we grow up the way we're told you know like oh no like this is not that easy and 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 oh you you should do this or you should do that or you you should think like this or say this or you can't say that you can't do that you know so that's really i just got an immense interest into that and started to reflect on what's holding me back so then i wanted to interview people that have been through the same and learn from other people that has had that experience of of unleashing their potential Heck yeah. I love that. And I love that idea of greatness being within you. And actually it's not about 
making you great. It's about figuring out how to bring that out of you. And so that idea I connect with so much. Carl, where can people find you if they want to see more of your content, if they want to listen to the podcast, all of these things, where can people uh, find more of you? Sure. So first of all, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's Carl Håkon Rødland. And when it comes to to the podcast, you can just, uh, let's see, Spotify or Google Unleashing Human Potential. It should come up. It's a fairly new uh, podcast, two episodes out by now, but we got tons recorded that's about to to get launched. Extremely excited about that. And if you are interested in, if you are in Europe and you want to get up 5 or 6 a.m. in the morning, then you can also um, find me and Tim on Rice Theory, which you can find on my LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Heck yeah. I'll definitely link your LinkedIn in the description. And actually for listeners, so I had Greg on, Greg Santos on uh, a while back. And so um, Carl's first guest, first episode was actually Greg. So if you liked Greg, check out uh, that episode because I listened to it the other day. And dude, Greg is, I mean, he's just an um, incredible speaker and he's so constantly growing. So shout out to that episode specifically, which I have listened through and got immense value from. So um, love it. Keep it up, Carl. Uh, For anyone that's uh, listening, uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Taking a Breath Podcast. I'll pull clips from this. We pull clips every week. Um, And then also uh, we we meet every Saturday morning. Uh, Carl was on one of these these, uh, group meetings on zoom at one point and uh, we, we bring in guests and we do conversations all this different type of stuff so um, if you're interested in that make sure to check us out uh, through the link in our bio on instagram thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you again next week thanks for listening to the taking a breath podcast with parker mace 